and they all go and pull it with the string hole in stomach hole in stomach welcome to season five episode 10 of historically adjacent brought to you by us Ryan Russell Blaine from the Press Quetchel Podcast. Wow, last episode was really fun. And mm-hmm. uh, Blaine is going to tell us all a story that neither of us have heard. And so this is kind of the fun of this new thing that we're doing, is that we have no idea uh, what, what the other two are bringing to the table. So, Blaine, go for it, man. I have a personal touch point to this story okay. that we will get to at the very end. November right. 21st, 1785. Okay. Ooh, I like this. Okay, William Beaumont. William Beaumont. Was born in Ooh. Lebanon, Connecticut. Okay. B-E-A-U-M-O-N-T? Yeah. B, yep. Okay, William he Beaumont. He moved to Champlain, New York to teach, but then went to Vermont to train to become a physician and was formally recognized as a doctor in 1812. Okay. So. What did it take to be a doctor back then? So for him, like, he had to, like, go to school and then, like, present this. He had, like, a thing he presented to mm-hmm. a board, and they, like, said, yeah, that works. Yes. This is a man's liver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get there. Right. So from 1812 to 1815, he was an assistant surgeon in the Army during the... Battle of 1812. War of 1812. War of 1812, yeah. While participating in the Battle of Plattsburgh, he oh. left the Army to start a private practice but went back in in 1820. He took leave to marry Debbie Platt. Okay. Like and the Platt River? I don't know. How I don't do know. I didn't know if she came from... P-L-A-T-T. Okay. Oh, there's E at the end of Platt. But this is where it gets weird. Debbie Platt. On June 6th, 1822, Alexis St. Martin, <laughs> an employee of the American Fur Company, was accidentally shot in the stomach hmm. at close range by a shotgun with buckshot. Ooh. Whoa. Sounds like a real uh, governor of Illinois sitch Yeah, a real Missouri. Dick Cheney situation. Oh, <laughs> Beaumont treated him, but expected him to die. Oh, it was a man? Yeah, but he didn't. What, Alexis? What was the name again? Alexis St. Martin. I thought okay. that was a woman. I did, too. It yeah. sounded like a adult yeah. film star or something. <laughs> they didn't have those back then. Um, a Nickelodeon back in our day. <laughs> so he didn't die. However, he had a hole in his stomach that oh. never fully healed. Oh, cool. Ooh. So he couldn't go back to work for the fur company. So Could Beaumont get- just hired him to be a uh, handyman. Okay. He had a hole in his stomach? He had a hole in his stomach that wasn't healed, so he just had an open hole in his stomach. Want to see it? Somewhere, yeah. 1825. Beaumont relocated to Niagara, New York, and took St. Martin with him so he could run experiments on him. Okay. Oh, I don't like the sound All of this. All right. Most like of the experiments were conducted by tying a piece of food to a string oh. and inserting it into a hole in his <laughs> stomach. And then every few hours, he would come remove the food to see how it had been digested. Oh, Okay. Oh, gosh, this sounds horrible. Unsurprisingly, St. Martin ran away. <laughs> yeah, when he when he was able to escape. Yeah. Like, so, after the first time, you think he would try to get out. But then Beaumont had him caught. Oh, oh gosh. What? So he, he could continue the experiments. Uh, he had him caught. <laughs> caught, yeah. You, I mean, you have a time where... What's it got, look like? You got uh, people that are catching runaway slaves and stuff. I'm yeah. sure if you just yeah. are like, hey, find the guy with the hole in his stomach, kind of here's tall. 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's Irish. Oh, let's get him. So he ended up removing some stomach acid to see what it did to food, like put it in a jar okay. with food in it, and uh-huh. like just to test it or whatever. And that was the basically the very first discovery that digestion was a chemical process, not a mechanical one. Oh, cool. Prior to that, we just assumed that, like, yeah, the stomach did whatever, compacted it, made it poop. With the four humors. Yeah. (laughs) Yellow bile, black bile, blood, and something else. So in 1826. Is that what the four humors are? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that means. It was like an in, in medieval times, it was like an imbalance. Oh. Like not even medieval, like up to like 1700s. It was like, oh, you probably need to get leached or bled oh, to get your Socrates humors and... back in balance. Yeah. So in 1826, he was transferred to Wisconsin. Guess who he also ordered there? Guess who he also ordered? To go to Wisconsin. St. Martin. Uh, St. Martin. Martin, you're correct. Alexis St. Martin. 
This time, the experience checked the effects of temperature, exercise, and emotion on digestion. Oh, gosh. This guy sounds like a, uh, a very sadistic... Yeah, uh, yeah, you would have to be. No, he's like you just imagine. He's like, Alexis is like, I don't want you touching my hole anymore. <laughs> yeah, stay away from the hole. <laughs> Please put that in the cold open. Like, he's, <laughs> he keeps touching he's just the hole. throwing food in there in a string, and he's like, I'll be back in a couple hours. He pulls it out, and he's like, Oh, half of it's gone. I can't yeah, imagine this <clears throat> hole. I can't imagine this hole. Like, yeah. it, it's just open to like the internal yeah. workings. It's like in Star Wars where they he go down into the pit yeah. of Sarnak. Or oh, like yeah. when they come and they have the little thing they shoot. Yeah. There's Luke. So the experience. Does he have to like fish for it? I used to hunt like, for Womper. He's got to like get it to grab like the intestines. No, it's already tied to, I guess it depends on which piece of the uh, the meat gets digested. So this guy has, has a hole around. in his stomach that you can, I mean, you can you can pull apart and shove something into his actual. How did he hole not get infected? in stomach, put the food and yeah. pull it with yeah. the string hole in stomach hole in stomach hole in stomach mechanical so they were published in 1838 I love that we just riffed on black hole sun a little bit that was nice <laughs> experiments and observations on gastric juice and the physiology of digestion that's what oh. he wrote that was that his... was the name of the the paper Short he, title. He eventually parted ways with St. Martin and moved to Quebec, <laughs> Canada, where he would also try again to get St. Martin to move unsuccessfully. No. I do want to look up whatever happened to St. Martin. Yeah. I hope he founded the island of St. Martin. Like, I, I, that I, I hope nice. that he just finally was, like, away from hell. Yeah. And, and just, like, nobody's sticking stuff in my stomach hole anymore. This is a fantastic life. Only I, mean, I get to stick stuff <laughs> yeah. in there. I mean, he must have had him, like... Handcuffed, that had like to be so traumatizing. Oh, dude! Like in his, like a in very his basement. And yeah. So William Beaumont died in 1853 in St. Louis after slipping on some ice. But his legacy lives on because there are multiple things named after William Beaumont. He's he's the father of digestive something or other, like of gastric bypass. gastroenterology or whatever. Yeah, it like is. he's the father of it. He's the like. Unfortunately for St. Martin, like that work had to happen to understand how the digestive system works. Wow. And understand that it's a chemical situation and not mechanical. This is not even 200 years ago. No. Wow. Wow. Uh, The medical hospital at Fort Bliss, Texas, my first duty station. Yes. William Beaumont Medical Hospital. Gosh, that's awesome. Do you know what the, um, (laughs) what the, uh, Dining facility on the first floor of it, William Beaumont Medical Hospital. Please tell me it's the Alexis St. Martin. It's the Dining Alexis St. Martin Dining Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a string attached to you when you go in. So if you're going to, I've been to William Beaumont. Like I've Dude. been treated at William Beaumont. I love that story. That is really messed up. Yeah. That is wow. really like, there's he was a. He was the, like a um, the the medical like system in yeah. uh, Detroit, like our like community north. Yeah, is Beaumont Medical System. Wow, there's a Beaumont High School in St. Louis. There's a Beaumont Elementary School in Wisconsin. Wow, like his name lives on because like everybody just looks past what happened to St. Martin. Yeah, <laughs> because like I guess to an extent, like the stuff that wow Beaumont found was groundbreaking. Yeah, it just really sucked for Alexis. Yeah, yeah. he's like, he's here like we a, go again. There's also a Beaumont Hill in Antarctica for some reason. He was huh. like a, a, a gimp, you know? Like, yeah. He's like a Pulp yeah, Fiction. Yeah, he was just locked kinda, in a basement. Yeah, in a leather suit with just a <laughs> hole in the front. Time to not wear stomach again. I'm going to feed you. Yeah, That's imagine rough. that. Like, it, it I don't makes... I don't want you to. I just want to be a normal person. Like, nah, you're, this is historical. We're going to need to throw some food in your stomach hole. Pull up your shirt again. And he yeah. couldn't escape. No. No, because no, every time he tried to, they caught him. Wow. They caught him. Totally unrelated. But have you been to St. Martin, the island? No. No. It's divided. Like, it is the only, like, I think, island that is half French, half Dutch. Like, it shares two... Uh, it's very specific. I one would half imagine is Beaumont's, one half is St. Martin's. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, it's just crazy. Wow. I, that I would a, also want to know, like, why did he accidentally get shot by a shotgun? And yeah, what, what a happened? terrible day. Like, I bet you there were multiple times the guy was like, I wish it would have killed me. I yeah, wonder if sure. I, I wonder if Beaumont shot him. 
Like, it was all part of his plan. Oh, he was like, you know what I need to figure? Well, no, he thought the guy was going to die. Like, he, like, did his surgery, and he was like, there's no way this guy survives. And as soon as he did, he was like, I'm going to stick stuff in that hole. I'm going to stick my finger in the hole (laughs) a lot. I'm going to stick stuff in there. Yeah, he was like, he's just tortured. Yeah. I like that he also took the same approach as a serial killer, like, feeding ducks bread, and was like, we'll we'll tie a string to it. You mean Errol Flynn? Oh yeah, Errol Flynn. Yeah, was like Errol Flynn do that? Yeah, he oh. would tie he would tie like bread pork. to string. It was like it little was pieces pork. of pork, and then he but then like would go down and tie another one. So like when the duck would eat it, he would poop it out, and the yeah. string would still be coming out. It, he human centipeded the ducks. Yeah, and then he'd walk them around the neighborhood. Yeah, because then human. another duck would eat it. Yeah, he and, was man that guy. Wow, Errol Flynn's a he's a real <laughs> Beaumont. Like he's. <laughs> He was the worst. That story is wild. Died uh, in a bathtub full of vodka. Wow. Yeah. We're going to take a break so we can all digest that. <laughs> Why? Oh, um, hey We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Ryan. If you need custom-made T-shirts for your team or organization, look no further than our good friends here in Indy, The Art Press. The Art Press is a local, eco-friendly small business that's been around for years here in Indy, designing and printing all the super comfortable shirts you may have seen through their parent company's store, Vardigan. We've worked with them on our awesome new shirts that feature Thomas Jefferson riding a fire-breathing mastodon, and our experience couldn't have gone better. If you need help creating a design or you have your artwork ready to print, Derek and the team at The Art Press can help you get your orders set up online quickly and easily. Plus, they ship everywhere and offer excellent customer service. Get a quote on your order of shirts today at theartpress.com. That's theartpress.com. Welcome back. We just talked about holes in stomachs. And now it's uh, Ryan's turn. Alexis St. Martin. Alexis oh, Think about Saint that Martin. the next time you go to the Bahamas or Bermuda. It's in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. Virgin yeah. Islands. I just yeah. really like that they named the, the dining facility after him. <laughs> it's yeah. so great. It's very clever. Like, how did they not know that there was chemicals in the stomach before that? Like people throw up, they didn't right? Have computers. That's yeah. a really good point. They didn't have computers. <laughs> <laughs> but like people like. Yeah. It must be tiny pebbles. Yeah. Well, they probably just assumed like everything else, like it's a muscle, so it breaks it down. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then like, I don't know how they figured out it gave you energy. That's beyond me. Yeah, I don't know. Like it breaks it down and then magic happens. Yeah. Inside the God works in mysterious <laughs> ways. Well, speaking of that, oh. here we go. Oh, oh are you okay. doing God? Yep. <laughs> oh, yes. <clears throat> Russ, I may lean on you for some information on this, this because is this is a... Uh, when you're not strong? This is... Aw, this is a first... He'll be your friend. He'll help you carry on. Carry on. Speaking of carrying something, what do you guys think of when you think of two brass, two gold poles, two, uh, <laughs> four uh, pole holders, a lot of ceremony, <laughs> um, mystery, gold... Thailand. Maybe uh, I know. Ch- cherubim. It's the Ark of the Covenant. It is the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, yeah. it's not Thailand? No, it's not Thailand. Thailand was not around back then. But I feel like if you like had two hard poles and <laughs> four pulled holders and some God. cherubim, there's probably a thing in Thailand where you can make yeah. that happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the Ark of the Covenant. I, I have no idea why I, I chose this for some reason. I've just you, been wait. fascinated by the Ark of Did the you Covenant. Just choose your story to be the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, because yeah. like even when I was like a little kid, this even pre Raiders of the Lost Ark. I like feel like this. we have very different journeys this, to episodes because like I'm spending time like. <laughs> Like, look, like, I'm not going off like a jumping off point. I'm no. like, that sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant is super weird. Yeah. yeah well, very true. Weird. Okay. Fair. Okay. So I think what happened is. Oh, I thought that was a fart. No, keep going. <laughs> I think what happened was I was driving around Fall Creek Road. If you're in Indianapolis, there there used to be an Ethiopian restaurant yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the owner of the Ethiopian restaurant. When I was eating there His one face time. face melted off? No. <laughs> he told me My he kid was, went as Indiana Jones to uh, Halloween this year. That's a cool costume. You're right. Was that Wes? It was Wes. Yeah, Wes. That's yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, he told me, he was like, you know the Ark of the Covenant's in Ethiopia, right? And I'm like, Wes said that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got to talk to your boy. Um, I was like, what? 
And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. hold on. Ethiopia. You were at Ethiopia. Where was it at on Falkirk I was, Road? I was driving. It was uh, Falkirk. It's where Cheeky Bastards is now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. right by Bro- yeah. Brook School. I run there every day. Yeah. That's my turnaround point. Yeah. So the Ark of the Covenant used to be out at Fall Creek. You, <laughs> you eat with your hands. You do. The injera bread, it's super yeah. good. Yeah. I bet it's But awesome. anyway, the owner who... Uh, like in Temple of Doom. Yeah. Very, very nice man. Monkey brains. Ah, 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 monkey brains. monkey brains. Snake surprise. <laughs> I've heard the stories. I've heard the used. Um, <laughs> it was so good. Anyway, um, so what, first, Jones. Of all, first of all, what do you guys know? What, do you, what comes to mind when you think of the Ark of the Covenant? Faces melting off. Okay, from the movie, yes. Well, I mean, it, there's a lot of rules. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of rules. Yeah, a lot uh, of rules. What is it? Numbers? Uh, or Deuteronomy? I think it... I think it shows up, yeah, in the Pentateuch. Yeah. 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 The but, Pentateuch. Um, yeah. Uh, Monty Python. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, my mind goes a million different places yeah. when okay. I think of the Arcade Covenant. It's also probably not real. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I would probably say Ethiopia because mm. that's... Geographically, the, it makes that's sense. That's where the super old Jews are that are like... Yeah. So the more I dove into this, the more I learned about that. And that is wild. about super old Jews. Super old. So Jews. the Ethiopian. So it's it's um, there is a long-standing tradition of Judaism in Ethiopia that no one can really explain. And then there's also this very ardent Christian culture in Ethiopia. Wait, why can't they explain it? It makes sense geographically that they would be there and didn't. So Africa, they right? they can tie it. There was um, the Queen of Sheba when who visited Solomon, Kahana King David's Shakti son. Day. Come again, Kalima Shakti Day. Kalima. Om Nom Shabai. <laughs> Om Nom Shabai. Um, he ripped his heart out. He did. And it's still on. beating. He didn't, and he didn't really rip collapse. it. He just like grabbed I, it. I watched Temple of Doom with my kids. Like, I have too. Yeah, of course. It's a, it's a formative experience it's as a wild. child. You it's have to wild. watch I Temple of Doom. My least favorite of the Indiana Jones movies. You know what? what? It yeah. used to be my Have you seen favorite? the new ones? Oh, I don't okay. even include those. Okay. Those are like the Star Wars ones. It used to be my least favorite, yeah. and I watched it whenever a year ago. Yeah. And was, first of all, it, there's some troubling parts for young children. Very troubling. Yeah. I really like it. Like, I, yeah. I, it, it kind of, it might have gone above Raiders for me. Because I'm a Last Crusade watched, guy. He just we, went all out. Really? I go Last Crusade Raiders. Uh, what? Temple of Doom. Oh. The one with... Sean no, Connery? I'm sorry. I go I go Raiders, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom. But you put Sean Connery over Temple of Doom? Yeah. When he's like, I try to get out and they pull me back in. Yeah. <laughs> we named the, the dog in movie, right? I, no, we watched, we went and saw uh, Raiders, or no, yeah, Raiders at uh-huh. uh, Symphony on the Prairie this year. Oh, oh yeah, that's with cool. With the live orchestra. That's really it was dope. super cool. Yeah. yeah. John Williams. And that got the kids into it. That's cool. Yeah. And so we started watching it in the basement. And I was like, let's watch all of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they got super into it. They wanted to it's watch cool. it. Like, Because you know how kids are. They're yeah. like, I just saw this movie. I want to watch it again let's tomorrow. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So there's Cherubim. We, another movie we watched um, on fall break mm-hmm. was Never Ending Story. Oh, and there's Cherubim God. in that movie. I haven't I seen that Never movie Ending so Story. much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't seen it. You, I know of it. You're not but missing I seen anything. It. Yeah. You're wrong. But what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? He. The song, no. Atreyu. Is that the dog? The fly? No, that's no. the, it's one of the children. Why does he feel like he has to scream the entire time? Why okay. does he yell all of his lines? All right. They weren't good actors. Oh, but there's a scene so where there's like two cherubim and he has to like get yeah. through it. And they're like, they're, they got their boobs out. Yeah, their boobs are out. And it's a statue. Boobs too. I mean, it's a statue. Yeah, they're two statues. But there are big boobs. I remember that yeah. as a child. <laughs> but like if you are unconfident, their like eyes become lasers and turn you into like a skeleton. Oh yeah. My. Okay. Yeah. So well, it's very Some of that arc-ish. happens with the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. We did a whole episode where you were harassing me about never ending stories. We've gotten tweets it. about that. Yeah. Where you just you you like you customize the whole thing to like keep bringing up the never ending. Oh story. yeah, no, yes. we talked about that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the ark. Okay. It's uh, it's the season after Moses has convinced Pharaoh via God to Fall. let the uh, Israelites go. I like how you call it seasons. I'm like season one, season, season one. two. No, yeah, it's two, fall. Season one, the plagues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> season two, the wilderness. <laughs> uh, so they're wandering, and God's like, hey. 
gives them all the the, the instruction. Um, Moses enlists these two guys to make it. Their their whole story is Bezalel and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but those two stories I kind of went down there rabbit trails, and that's pretty cool. But how it's actually made is one thing. It gets carried around. When they stop in camp, it goes in the tabernacle in this space. Called that had to be really annoying. The you're just walking holies. around for 40 years, and you're like, why am I carrying this? Yeah, why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah, people had to complain. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, they were known to complain yeah. in those stories. Yeah. yeah. It's not me. It's this other guy who's telling you <laughs> to do it. This was a cool story, a little Sunday school uh, refresher course. So when the Israelites are going toward the promised land, they arrive at the banks of the River Jordan, and the ark is in the lead preceding the people. And during the crossing, the river grew dry as soon as the feet of the priests carrying the ark touched the waters and remained so until the priests, the Levites with the ark left the river after the people had passed over. So as a memorial, they set up 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Israel for taking, um, where the priest stood. And I did not know this. And Russ, I wanted to ask you if you knew this, oh, no. have you heard of the national holiday in Israel known as Yom Ha Shoah Aliyah? Y- Yom Ha Aliyah. Well, I know what an Aliyah is. Aliyah is like when you go, when you, Go to the ark. So in okay. a synagogue, yes. you have the ark, and in the ark, you open it up, and that's where the Torah scrolls are. Okay. And if you do an aliyah, that means you go up to the bima, which is the stage, yes. and you take out, you go to the ark, You op- well, the rabbi opens it up and takes out the Torah, and that's when you read from the Torah as an have aliyah. Have you done that? Yeah. We saw Russ read. Well, yeah, yeah but not in that like pomp and circumstance. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wait, yeah. was I was reading from the Torah? Yeah, yeah, but there was no like. Yeah, there was the big curtains. There, it's not a curtain. It's a big wooden chest cabinet. Yeah. Oh, it was that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. ark. They call that the ark. Now. Okay. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. It's just not the ark. So the ark the was covenant. just the vessel. This was the vessel of the covenant. Yeah. That God made with with yeah. uh, with, with the Israelites. The so, cabinet of the covenant. So anyway, Yom Ha Aliyah mm-hmm. is a, a national holiday celebrated annually on the tenth of the Hebrew month of Nisan. Oh yeah. Uh, to commemorate the Israelites crossing the Jordan What's River. What's that mean? It's month. I mean, it's Nissan. it's just different. It's months. the car that you drive. Correct. Yeah. 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 That's, just yeah. just like that. That's I came on my own accord. It's <laughs> Nissan. <laughs> yeah. That's Sponsored Honda. by Nissan. Yeah. Uh, you've also you may remember the story of the Battle of Jericho, where mm-hmm. uh, trumpets Joshua leads the the Chris Israelites Jericho. around the city once a day for six days, uh, and then on the seventh day the the shofar is that correct? Yeah, it's ram's a, horn. A ram's horn that you blow into, and some people can make a sound out of it, and other people just it's. <laughs> It's kind of like a Kids. conch shell. Yeah. In a way. It is. Can you? No. But there's this, uh, the synagogue that I grew up going to um, during the high holidays, Passover, Yom Kippur. Yeah. They blow the shofar and it's just this big curly ram's horn. Yes. And 90% of the people who try to make any sound of it can't make anything. But this little woman, she, it was like, uh, like a brave heart, like the calling, like, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It is, and they do, and (laughs) that's so cool. So does everybody come up and take a shot at it? No, no, no. Just, just the one person who can (laughs) actually wipe it off, the hand sanitizer. But it is any Jew you ask will know this. So there is, um, it's like a call and response. So the rabbi will say like "tekiah," and that means like it's a certain blow the shofar like boom, right? And then there's like "avarim," and then there's Takia Gadola. Okay. So t- when he says Takia Gadola, you see him like take a deep breath in, and it's like they blow as hard and as long as they possibly can awesome. into this ram's horn, and it can go for like a minute and a half. Fantastic. Like it is, it is like the most exciting thing in the Hebrew year yes. is Takia Gadola. Mm. Like oh. everybody. Everybody's waiting for it. I mean, the minute the rabbi starts, everybody's just like looking around. I'm going to do it this year. And you know that guy's waited all year to be like, I'm the shofar guy. It was a woman. Oh, a woman. No, it was, yeah. Yeah. It's cool to think like who was the first one to like see a a, a ram's horn on the ground that was shed by a ram ago. I wonder if I I can blow into that thing. Yeah. I've tried. They give you one like at your bar mitzvah sometimes. Really? Mm-hmm. Noah get one? No, he didn't. Dude, no, that, that was so cool. It. Throwing I the probably candy. go back and throwing the candy. Was really for fun. one, but you try to blow into it, and it's like, <laughs> like it's, and everybody snickers. <laughs> <and> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you put it in your closet, and you oh. never see it again. And here comes Moisha, and he just crushes it. Yeah. I know. There's just some people who can just 
That had to be terrifying. If you're a Jerichoan and you see like this army of Israel walking around with the Ark in front. You're like, I've tried that. It didn't work. It didn't like, work. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. also like to think of one guy like just a Louis Armstrong trumpet and he just sees yeah. everyone with the ram's horn and he just puts it away. Louis Armstrong could like hold his breath for like 10 minutes. I don't know about that. All right. Look it up. Look it up. Um, Ten minutes. That's a long time. Yeah. I saw a meme that was like if a dolphin was a trumpet player, would it go out of its snout or out of its blowhole? Blowhole. You think it would do it out of the blowhole? Oh, yeah. Definitely a blowhole. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, So, Ark, it's following uh, the Israelites. It would be more challenging for the dolphin to hit the three buttons. Correct. Yeah, because of the flippers. Yeah, the fins. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Please. Yeah. Please do. The champion shofar blower of America is Cal Feinberg. Okay. That's a little shofar, too. Do you think that is little? It's like the piccolo of the shofar world. Do you (laughs) think that he's really good at chess? Wow, that seems probably. Yeah, he probably is. (laughs) He's probably probably (laughs) pretty good. There was a season. This was when, I believe, Samuel was the prophet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nothing. What, and what winter you turned out? to fall, the, the, and fall skipped summer all together, and went straight into a, all autumn. The the last part of the the <laughs> shofar competition of America is called the final blow off. <sighs> it's pretty fun, and they all go. One guy just turned. Oh, they've definitely done that on shofar before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I want bands bringing like now I want to see a shofar band on YouTube. I want to see all their stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the Philistines uh, capture the Ark, okay? And they take it. Um, this is after uh, Israel loses 30,000 men in battle, the Battle of Eben Ezer. The old priest Eli fell dead when he heard that the Ark had been captured. So now the Philistines take the Ark into their country, and everywhere they take it, according to the biblical narrative, misfortune follows them everywhere. Yeah. Sure. At this, this city of Ashdod, this Philistine city of Ashdod, it's placed in their temple of the god Dagon. And then the next morning... Dagon? D-A-G-O-N. The next morning... So they put, they put the ark right in front of Dagon. And the next morning they go in to assess it. And Dagon, the idol, is he's fallen prostrate in front of the ark. Prostrate. Prostrate. Yeah. I can only imagine Flat. what that means. Prostrate cancer? Yeah. It's, it's, not a, yeah. it's not a going problem. It's a yeah, growing yeah, problem. Yeah. Physical. Was, yeah. He missed his appointment when he turned 40. That's right. Yeah. It's a big deal. Get screened, guys. So they're like, oh, crap. We got to get Dagon back up. So they hoist him back up. Next day happens again, except like he's uh Did he's they check shattered. the wind? Huh? They check like the wind? I don't know. I don't know. But they, they found him now fallen and broken in mm. front of the ark. And then they start getting tumors. A plague of rodents happens because they didn't get their prostrate the, check. They didn't get their yeah. prostrate all check. The syrup. <laughs> so essentially, the Philistines are like, "We got to get rid of this thing." Like yeah. everywhere we go, bad things happen. So it sounds they, like it's radioactive. If yeah, getting like tumors. They're like Philistine diviners. Like they're uh, wise men. They're like, "We got to get this thing out of here." Like this is not good. So they actually give it back to the Israelites, and they also give them a ton of like golden images of the tumors and the mice that they had been afflicted with for some reason, what? thinking like that the Israelites would like that golden images of the tumors. They gave them golden tumors, golden tumors. That's just a piece of gold. That's yeah. It's a golden tumor. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's a tumor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a lump of gold. Yeah. Oh, I worked on that for a week. Yeah. Came out of my liver. <laughs> I got a hole in my some stomach. Some guy put a piece of string on it. Yeah. Gold can't be digested. It's a chemical process, <laughs> yeah. not a not a mechanical one. Then who preceded King David? Do you remember? Really tall. They picked him because he was tall. Jonathan? No, Jonathan was David's buddy. His Lincoln? Mm, buddies. <laughs> buddies is a term. Buddy. Uh Saul. King oh, Saul. Oh, sure. oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Israel Jonathan like, give, was Saul's give us a king. Son. You know, Jonathan was Nathan the prophet's like, lover. I don't I don't think you should. And they're like, give us a king anyway. And they're like, all right, Saul's the guy. Under Saul, the Ark was with the army, but he never consulted. So the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, it held the tablets of the Ten Commandments, and then I believe also maybe a couple vessels of like manna, oh. I think. But it was also the space above the cherubim where the wings touched is kind of where the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and consult mm. with God. And only the high, the high priest like once a year could go in and, and do that. All right. What is manna? Manna, I believe, is Unleavened the, bread. No, it's matzah. Manna was the the flaky, um, like a buttery croissant? flaky, the crust. flaky. Like what was it? It was like like flakes of something on the ground. It's it, it was the food in the wilderness that every morning they would gather. It was like when the, it was there, correct. And if they gathered too like much, mushrooms? 
No, it was kind of like God's provision of like, this is your breakfast. Don't gather more than a, than what you, need, you need or it'll spoil. Yeah. So it was essentially God saying, just trust Every me morning, for what you need. Every morning, I got you. And if you take too much, then I won't got you anymore. Yeah. Every morning there's a bunch of men on the ground, but don't take more than you need. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it gets back to Israel under David. David dances for joy. He gets some. He gets clowned on for that. Uh, but he's like, "Hey, we should worship. This is a this is a big occasion. The the ark is back." Then under Solomon. So this is where it gets big. Like Solomon's temple. So David's mm-hmm. son splitting babies in half. Yeah, cutting babies, threatening to. Yeah. We he makes this he place didn't. the holy of holies. So this is the place where, in the New Testament account on Good Friday crucifixion this is the space where the the curtain was torn in two at the time of jesus's death signifying essentially hey there's access to god now through jesus as opposed to the temple whatever but this place within the temple houses the ark that has been around for hundreds of years and it's like yay god is back in his home in in the temple and then it it disappears babylon takes over and destroys the temple in 586 bce and it nobody knows where it goes. So they're like, there is a Ethiopia. theory. There, well, there's a theory that from um, the guy um, that was on Fall Creek Road. Yeah, yeah. There's a theory it went to Ethiopia via a island in Egypt off the Nile that had this community of Jews who were living. It was called Elef- Elephantine Island. A community, and it was. <laughs> If I had a shofar, I'd blow it right now in your honor. <laughs> the community is here. Community. <laughs> the, the only time that a, a Jewish community had a temple of this grandeur was Solomon's temple. And so the theory goes, because this, this community built a temple. <laughs> you worked that in really well. Thank you. The thought is that the ark was housed there. But then suddenly this community disappears <laughs> and they're like, where did they, like the history books? They're like, we don't know where they went. They so went they to that one island you talked about and they were throwing spears at people. <laughs> North yeah. Sentinel Island. The one, yeah, the island North you talked Sentinel about. Island. Yeah. That's where the Ark of the Covenant is actually. Yeah, yeah. clearly. Oh. So the theory then, one other theory is that some Levite priests hid it underneath the Temple Mount in a series of uh, like the Knights Templar around the Crusades, yeah. they heard these stories, and so they went to try to excavate it, and they actually ended up finding the um, the water supply of ancient Jerusalem. So it yeah. was kind of like this underneath that library in ancient Rome. Correct. X marks the spot. Yeah, in, in Venice. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Then he, clang. Yeah, it's a great scene. You know, then uh, with the librarian and she's stamping, stamping and, and, and Indiana Jones you, is hitting with the with the stanchion. Clang. X marks the spot in the library in Venice. Mm, last I don't remember that. That's Last Crusade. Oh, it's, yeah. it's right one. before they go down and all the rats looking at the stamp. Like, wow, this is like, really loud. I, I cut clang. Yeah. yeah, I'll get to Ethiopia here quickly. So the thought is, it goes from Jerusalem to Elephantine Island. The community disappears. The Ark makes its way down to Ethiopia because this group of Ethiopian Jews basically carries it away to safety mm-hmm. and many, I mean, literally the entire state religion of Ethiopia centers around their theory that the Ark is in, uh, sorry, the St. Mary of Zion Cathedral in Aksum, Ethiopia. How come nobody's like gone there? They have, but okay. they can't so get it's in. Clearly not so there. check this out. There are armed guards around it, gated, locked in, and every... The only person who can actually see the Ark is, uh, he's known as the Guardian. Ooh. And he is... Kevin he's Costner. Church authorities select one person based on their character, integrity, like their pure, purity of heart. And once you are the Guardian, you can't leave the church. It's like the old guy in uh, Last Crusade who's yeah. down there with the grail. Yeah. But this is real life now. And so this guardian allegedly has been trained to kill with their bare hands. Yeah. So you guard this thing with your life. And uh, there's this guy. Have you heard of Graham Hancock? 
He's sort no. of like a pseudoscientist archaeologist guy who's written a bunch of books on like lost civilizations or like no. did the aliens build the pyramids, da da da. No. He's he's written a book about this. It was actually his first book was about the Ark being in Ethiopia and he did all this study and he said his interview with the Guardian convinced him like this guy has actually seen what he's talking about. Like the the power, the aura, the glory of the Ark. He's like, this guy wasn't making this up. That's his thought. So you yeah, can't get bananas. in. That is. Once you are the guardian, you stay until you die. And before you die, you appoint the next guardian. This has been going on oh. for hundreds and hundreds of years. Thousands. And no one has been able. So it's it's kind of like, all right. It's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. I'm not familiar. Princess Pride. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you. There's also a uh, people in South Africa and Zimbabwe known as the Lemba people, L-E-M-B-A, that have claimed that their ancestors carried the Ark even further south and hid it in a deep cave in the mountains, their spiritual home in South Africa and Zimbabwe. Oh. So, so if like, it's not the Ark that's there, uh huh. what thing is this dude protecting? It may be like a, uh, if you think when the Crusades were, when 11, 1200s, it might be a medieval or pre-medieval like reconstruction or a replica. Every, I'm not using the right word, but like parish or uh, even bigger than parish, what would that be in Catholicism? It's, it's shocking in, also it, that like the Vatican hasn't sent right. like a whole yeah. siege to yeah. be like, no, we, yeah. or England. <laughs> right. right? Like yeah. they, yeah. I mean, there's it so It really feels like in, the Vatican should have the Ark yeah. at this point. In every yeah. city or main place, like there's of no way one Ethiopia. guy can hand kill hundreds of. Well, guys. he's surrounded by armed guards, so yeah. right. Pull but it up. I'm saying, like, like the, the church is kind of cool looking, like it, it's kind of nondescript, but they're like, this is the epicenter of our faith, and no one can see it except one guy. Yeah, and it's a cool selection process. So it, there's this amazing mystery surrounding this entire space and theory and. No one really knows where it is. Like, that's the thing. Like, the, the more you dive in, you realize, is it an issue of faith? Is it an issue, like, of archaeology? Yeah. Did it, when, when it got taken away to Babylon, was it melted down? Like, what happened? But there was, there was a story, too. Like, that sounds more plausible. Right. And that there's probably something somewhere that this guy protects. I, yeah. I always thought it was radioactive. I okay. always thought they found some kind of radioactive element or they... And that's why so, it had the effect. Oh, yeah, so yeah, part, yeah. part of that might be informed from the movie, seeing yeah, like how the Nazis wanted it in the movie to be this powerful weapon. But there, in, in the biblical narrative, too... But all you when have to the, do is close your eyes yeah. when it's not. <laughs> yeah. when well, the, that's how it works with radiation, also. You just close your just eyes. Just close, close your eyes. eyes. Just or or get in a really old refrigerator. Just, yeah. just look away. There was one we would have to back up to like the David era. I think it was around then when... I think it was coming back into Jerusalem. The cart that it was being carried on, first of all, they disobeyed that it wasn't held like it yeah. should have been held. And the cart toppled, and one of the priests, to stop it from or, falling, yeah. touched it and died instantly. Yeah. Oh. So it was like, you don't mess with... And, it's, and it, it, it really symbolically held that it was like the sinlessness and purity and the holiness of God versus the the sinfulness of man. It's like they can't. It's like oil and water can't coexist. And so, um, like a lava lamp. Yeah. Isn't that what happens? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You're right. Yep. It's just <laughs> so like anyway, a lava lamp. I, I, I can't tell you where it is. I don't think anyone can tell you I where think it you is. Just did. I think it's the guardian can tell you. I yeah. think, and this guy, Graham Hancock, who I, I've watched a video and I haven't read the book, but he's like, I'm, I'm convinced now a ton of the archeology, span like pro archeology span world is like, this guy's a sham, but he raises some really interesting points to make you go, huh? So anyway, Ark of the Covenant. We're going to take a break. (laughs) Facing the transition out of the military is rarely easy. It doesn't help that the staggering number of options you're faced with can be overwhelming. But there's a light at the end of that tunnel for all veterans. And that light shines brightest here in Indiana. Lucrative careers in fast-growing industries are plentiful. Housing costs are amongst the lowest in the nation. And you can live in the country while being less than an hour from a world-class city. At InVets, we're showing veterans how to translate the valuable skills they've learned to the civilian world while connecting them with careers they can be proud of so they can lead fulfilling, purposeful lives. Go to InVets, that's I-N-V-E-T-S dot org. 
create a profile to learn more about Indiana communities, browse the current open job openings in these communities, and receive your free shirt. That's Invets, I-N-V-E-T-S dot org. Welcome back. This is the Ark of the Covenant podcast. <laughs> and uh, the Stomach Hole podcast. Yeah. And now it's Russ's turn. Here we go. Okay. Alan Abel. Oh, okay. A-B-E-L? A-B-E-L. Alan Abel. Yeah. Like I have not Kane heard and Abel. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was born in Zanesville, Ohio in 1924. I know where that's at. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. Zanesville. Born to the only Jewish family in Zanesville, Ohio okay. in 1924. So it's okay. probably real easy. Yeah, it was fine for him. Yeah, just Midwest, early 20s. Yep. His dad was a shopkeeper, kind of a quiet guy. So his dad would create an artificial like supply and demand. Like if he had too Hell many yeah. if he had too many canned peas, then it's like peas only, are dope right now. Only two peas per customer, like <laughs> yeah. going out fast. So hey, we he, gotta get more peas. And then that would drive customers in to yes. buy to buy peas. So I he like saw it. that. You know, as a child and saw how effective that was. It's a real Edward Bernays kind of tactic. Yeah. 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 God, that guy. Yeah. He was like, we need to convince the masses because they can't convince themselves. That was from last episode, by the way. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, It was last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, His mom, Ida, played the piano at the silent movie theater. So the as the train was coming towards the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And she was wrong song. <laughs> many would many people in the town would describe her as that loud Jew broad. Oh boy! Yeah, and was, they were being complimentary. Yeah, Yikes. she was. She was very loud and opinionated, especially at the time. She <laughs> wow. Yeah, not a whole lot about her, but that she was very outspoken. They had a neighbor who was uh, a German immigrant who had a portrait of Hitler up in her, like, living room. I mean, I this was, like, yeah, it was this is the 30s. Yeah. yeah. There were big Henry Ford fans. Probably. Yeah. Um, das assembly line. <laughs> Ida, the mom, had asked the neighbor to please take down the portrait of Hitler. I can see it from my window, mm. and I would prefer that it wasn't there. Yeah. The, and then Momster Liberty stepped in. Oh boy, they were like, we, we have the right to... Well, this, uh, the little, or whatever, the German immigrant woman said, no, no, he's he's great. Hitler's really got, oh, he's really oh a great gosh. guy, and I'm not going to take it down. Mm. <laughs> so Ida mm-hmm. called the feds on her and said that she was a German spy. Wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just I love marked. Ida. And they... Just made it up. Yeah. Yeah. And the the feds pull up with guns drawn, enter the house, take the woman away, and interrogate her for two days. Oh, my gosh. And then she took the picture down. Yeah. I love Ida. You're damn right she did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. Ida's my favorite. Ida Abel, man. Yep. Ida Abel. Shout out to her. So Alan grew up, went to Ohio State. The. The Ohio State. Ohio State. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Um, cult. Where he became a... Hold on, pause. Uh, do you remember the president from Ohio who was integral in creating oh, the yeah. Ohio State University? Garfield. Mm. A little bit later. Harding. No, I'm sorry, a little bit earlier. Yeah. Oh. No. No. Uh, it was around that McKinley. McKinley. <sighs> there we go. Yeah, it makes sense. He became a, a drummer. I'm going to double check When he was at fact. Ohio State. Like a really good percussionist. Okay. So he was. He's gonna let this like, bass walk like whiplash. Yeah, like <laughs> percussionist. Rutherford B. Hayes. Is Sorry. there anything cooler than like Rutherford really good fills? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like a really good drum fill. It just mm. it just like brings a song together. Mm-hmm. Really Maybe just like well. a really well blown ram's horn. Yeah, yeah, J- just right. Oh, just yeah. subtle. Just. There really isn't that you guys got to hear yeah. that. It's what what is it called? It's the shofar. No, shofar. No, no, but what, what's the one where everybody? Tequila gadola. Tequila gadola. I don't know what tequila is. Gadola means big. I taquitos. Taquitos gadola. Big ram's horn. Big taquitos. Yeah. So it's translated to just like big sound. I don't know what tequila is. Tequila gadola. Yeah. I want to wish you a Rosh Hashanah. I want to wish you a Rosh Hashanah from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) 
That is having never heard a shofar. My uh, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And you almost did like your hand gesture is almost like a slide whistle. Like a trombone. (laughs) (laughs) So he was then drafted into World War II. Okay. Sorry, I missed the part. He was a musician. He was a percussionist. Yeah, he was a percussionist at the Ohio State. Okay. And (laughs) And because he was such a good drummer, he was drafted into. Glenn Miller's band. You don't say. Mm-hmm. He was oh. the percussionist for Glenn Miller. My ears just perked up. Yeah. He's Even a more. musician. Yeah. I, I, I assumed. Well, I love Glenn Miller's. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. I bet you did. He was really good and did a lot of music. Yes. Sure. He did. You're right. <laughs> I know the name. I know that he was yeah. very famous. Yeah, he was in the Air Force. Yeah. As well. He was. And that was a big deal. When he got out of the military, he went back to finish his degree at Ohio State. Yeah. And when he was there, he started a band or whatever. Yeah. And at Wait, one I know point, this story. Hold on. Let him tell it. Yeah, no. I know this story. Go ahead. I would be surprised if you know this story. <laughs> Maybe you do. At one point, he accidentally, like, there was uh, music scouts there. Okay. Recording scouts. Yeah. And he uh, fell off the stage. Uh-oh. People started laughing. And he was like, oh, I like that. Like, I like when people mm. laugh. And he became like, he kind of left the musician stuff behind uh-huh. and became a, like a comedian, but like a pratfall, like okay. a, like your Chevy Chase type of pratfall sure. comedian. Yeah, cool. And started touring like the Borscht Belt. Um, Borscht Belt. That's what it's called. Yeah. Like, uh, the, as, as like Is a, it Roddy Dangerfield? No. Okay. Oh, mm. that'd be a good one though. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not Rodney Dangerfield. So he started touring doing that. After a few years, I don't know, he stopped doing it. He did a lot of odd jobs after that. Like he sold door to door salesman stuff and he was terrible at it. He kept getting fired from it. Anyway, he was in Texas. He was driving down the road and there was a traffic jam. Mm. And uh when he got out of his car to look and see what the issue was, there was um, two cows uh, in the road and they were having sex and it was Hot. causing a traffic jam. Oh boy. Okay. Ooh. And, uh, and you know, people for were how long? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know, know how long does it take for cows to have sex. Do not look that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can. Um, and he saw like, people were like disgusted by it. And, and, and angry <laughs> in Texas, about it. In Texas. In Texas, you'd think that they'd be cheering them on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be cheering them <laughs> on. So the next we really like hear of him is on after May 27th. The tra- after the bovine after sex. The, after yeah. the sex trafficking. <laughs> the, bovine. the sex trafficking. The bovine. great bovine the sex, sex trafficking. <laughs> Literal sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. Bovine <laughs> sex trafficking. Yep. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Yep. Yeah. I guess it's going to have to it be, is, right? Yeah. So on May 27th, 1959, (laughs) he went on the Today Show. Okay. Okay. Who was hosting it at the time? The Today Show. It was still Hoda. Chimpanzee. It was was still Hoda Copy. Yeah, Hoda. (laughs) Four year old Hoda Copy (laughs) drinking wine. And he came on there as the president of the Society for Indecency to Naked Animals. SINA, S I N A. SINA, SINA. The Aren't Society like, for the Indecency to Naked Animals. To Naked Animals. Yeah, it's the they Society w- to Clothe Animals. They want to clothe animals. Yeah. Yeah, because, Beverly has a sweater on right now. It's indecent. Oh, look at her sleeping over there on that big bean Yeah, bag. because, I mean... Nobody wants to see a red rocket, is what he's saying. Yeah, no, put some pants on Donald Duck, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. It's good. Winnie um, the Pooh. This was Abel's most elaborate hoax. Sina's mission was to clothe naked animals throughout the world. Uh, they're best known for their tagline. That's all of them. That's all of them. It's all animals. It's all the animals. They're best known for their tagline, a nude horse is a rude horse. <laughs> I love something that rhymes. Um, so Alan Abel is the greatest hoaxer okay. in okay. the history. In the Like land. better than the alien guy? He is the uh, best. The, that was Orson him. Wells? Oh, oh, War of the Worlds with yeah. the radio that consulted. freaked everybody out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he better than that guy? Yeah. I thought you were talking about the guy, the purple uh, sheets rain, and black Nikes. purple rain. The Nikes and the cult leader who was the... They were Jim like, Jones. That's no, no, no. Not, 
The aliens are going to take us away. The guy who... Oh, Bo and Peep. Yeah. Yeah, Haley, Hale-Bop. Hale-Bop. There we yeah. go. Yeah, so, no, Hale-Bop. Bop, bop, Hale-Bop. Yeah. Was that not the People's Temple? Was that not Jim Jones? No, People's that Temple was Jim, was Jim Jones. Jones. It was Waco. It was Waco. Waco no, was, was Branch Davidians. No, yeah, was, they were the. No, that's no. not Hellbop. This Hale-Bop was like mid nineties. Yeah, and that like the bald the white guy with the crazy eyes, and they wore Nikes. So yeah. what was his name? Uh-huh. It's not important. That's Hellbop was a about. comet or something, right? Yeah, it was like they were going to come. Oh yeah, they were going to. Yeah. So Alan Abel really did not like the news and the media and the sensationalism that they did for a news story. Right. Which is Without very the, unlike people today. Yeah. Well, basically his life's work is to trick them. Did into, he invent Bigfoot? I mean, he could have. I mean, this is okay. okay so he's kind of like a Robin Hood trickster. Like he's trying to take down. He's trying to show that big media or yes. big truth. Yeah. So at yeah. the time there was just three channels, you know? Okay. So with this clothed naked animals, Sina, yeah. he went on, the Today Show is where it started. He went on the in the same day. He went on the Today Show, sold them on it. He went on the Tonight Show and Wait, talked yeah, both, about it. Both and sides he went of the on day. the CBS News with okay, so Walter Today Cronkite. Show, yeah. CBS News with Walter Cronkite. Yep. And the Tonight Show posing as this president of the That's a big media splash. Do you go on the show with the guy we love? Uh, eventually. Okay. So, what's with his this name? one? Uh, Dick Cavett. Yeah, Cavett. Yeah. So I like Dick Cavett. I do too. Yeah. Uh, he had convinced them all that this was a real thing and that he wanted to clothe animals because nude animals was a bad thing. And his friend Buck Henry, do you know who that is? No. Nope. He wrote. Um, he had like. Uh, Wait. The, the wrote- most SNL appearances. Yeah. Hmm. And he wrote The Graduate. With um, oh okay yeah so he was fairly popular at the time and he was the spokesperson he called himself G Clifford Prout um, mm. and for mm. not mm, six years six years on and off they would go on and talk about this indecency for naked animals and nobody like looked into it to wow. invalidate it and he had yeah. 50,000 members, like people who wanted to be members of this organization after the first showing, people would like, some woman sent him $40,000 to like clothe animals. Wow. He sent her back the check. Yeah. But like people were all for it. They would have like parades he didn't even know about just to like gather money to, I'm, I'm telling you. And then in 1963... He went back on CBS News and admitted to Walter Cronkite that this wasn't a real thing, that it was a hoax. Mm. Walter Cronkite lost his <laughs> mind. Because he's, I mean, this was like Vietnam. Like, yeah. he yeah, was like sure. the most trusted guy yeah. in if news. He said that was it. his thing. Yeah. And he'd been on the evening news with him more than once oh, yeah. to talk wow. about this. And he then had to go on, Cronkite had to then go on and admit that this was, that I they were duped. totally duped, that they didn't do their research. Wow. Yeah, they said they'd never seen Walter Cronkite more angry. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, right? Man. I wonder if there, there's got to be a clip of that out there. Yeah. I, I'm, I assume there is. And he'd done other like small little hoaxes before that. Like he had posed as a golf professional who taught Westinghouse executives to use ballet positions to improve their golf game. Wow, cool. Yeah. I like this guy. Uh Uh-huh. So then he was on the subway, and he was talking to whoever was sitting near him about these hoaxes, what he was doing and why he was doing it. Yeah. And this guy, his name was Max Seekin, was actually a millionaire. He had made his money in, like, mail order stuff. Okay. And he was on board. He liked the mission. He was like, I've got this idea for a Japanese game show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I forgot about that. That was wild. (laughs) He said, whenever you have an idea for a hoax, give me a call. I'll bankroll you for it. Wow. So for basically the rest of this guy's career, which was long, he would like he have like, an I idea. This idea. Donald Trump of president. <laughs> it's like I'm behind it. He would have an idea. He'd call Max up, and Max would like wire him ten thousand dollars so he could do this hoax. <laughs> wow! Right? Wow! So, there's so many. Okay, 
There's so many, it's bananas. So he ran a fake candidate for president hmm. uh, named Yetta Bronstein. Okay. okay. Yetta Bronstein was supposed to be like this old New York Jewish woman that was running for president. Yetta makes things better was her. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. Again, all and, you need is a tagline. Yeah. The best party is what it was called. And he would send his picture of his mother to all the Ida. media outlets God of Lord. Ida. And his wife would do the voice of like this old New York wow. Jewish woman. And her platform, her platform was like, we're going to have a national bingo thing instead <laughs> okay. of the lottery. It's going to cool. be this nationwide bingo thing. Right. Russ tried she, so hard to get me to go to the bingo hall at Fort Benning. I wish you would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> she was like, we're going to put truth serum in the water fountains in the Senate building. So wow. just kind of like... Fringe kind of yeah. stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. We want to put nude photos on postage stamps. Like people, some people can really get behind at that time. You Just know, as long as it's yeah. not a nude. Put animal. all the nude animals on there. Not a yeah. nude horse because that's a rude horse. And she got thousands of write-in votes. Wow! Like they really pushed her, <laughs> wow. and she ran twice. <laughs> but she never appeared for 60. like a campaign, obviously, because she, she didn't never exist. appeared for a campaign. But he just like used media, he used the media to kind of push wow. out her message, and people were so disillusioned with everything at that time. They're like, sure. "Yeah, let's take a you know." Yeah, yeah. you had a Steens. She's a dark horse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna dive right in here. Like, there's a lot, there's other things that he did, but there, it's just too long. So he created the topless string quartet. <laughs> which was topless women who That's funny. Um, Frank Sinatra tried to sign them to a record deal, but they said no. <laughs> Were they actual? Was I, it non-existent like Yetta Bronstein? I don't think so because he seemed, as you'll see, he was fairly. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he was all about, you know, anything that the public was kind of uptight about at that mm-hmm. time. That's what he was exploiting. And like. Cool. Sex was definitely a thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. He actually was on To Tell the Truth, that game show in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. yeah. And he, pret- he pretended to be Howard Hughes, the aviator Howard Hughes. Yeah, oh, sure. But he came wrapped in like bandages so people couldn't see his face because he he's crazy Howard Hughes. Yeah. People thought he was Howard Hughes. They brought him on the show thinking like the producers thought he was he Howard was Hughes. He was like Andy Kaufman. I was, just, he was, I was trying to put my finger on Andy who he Andy Kaufman was a fanatic for this guy. I bet. He mm. was a fanatic for him. In the 1980... I'm just going to hop around, so don't pay attention to the timeline. In the 1983 Super Bowl, it was the Dolphins versus Redskins. Okay. Okay. He, football team. Yep. Football team. I was counting down until uh-huh. Blaine corrected you. <laughs> he, <laughs> he snuck an official out onto the field. And this official had four rulings, official rulings. During the game? During the game until the cop came out and got him and <laughs> took him off the field. The cop was also hired by him. Oh, I love this guy. It's amazing. You know, who, my father-in-law would love this guy, oh. just his sense of humor. Yeah, so he... I, huh. The fact that he was able to do that and not be killed yeah. by every bookie mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. is, yeah. is fascinating. He also put on the International Sex Bowl, which was um, <laughs> for people all over the world, couples all over the world to compete in events, compete for climax in front of black tie audiences. That's a real uh, eyes wide shut situation. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a super eyes wide shut yeah. situation. And they also had like these protesters outside for that were called Stamp Out Smut. That was him too. Like he... <laughs> He also, he it was actors doing the protesting and actors on the inside for the supposed, wow. inter- just so, and he got on every talk show. And this is like, this is as talk shows, as we're going from three networks uh-huh, news uh-huh. to like talk shows happening. Yeah. Everybody is bringing him on and he is, he knows how to pull the strings of the news in the media to get his events and anything he wants on there. Like he knows how they work. So if they have a news deadline to get it on the six o'clock news, mm-hmm. if it needs to be there at five 30, he was like, we'll give it to you at five 30 mm. and they don't have time to fact check oh, and yeah. they throw it out there. And he would do that constantly. And that's why that's how he got past wow. all of this because they need more news. They need to constantly sure, yeah. have the next thing. He was on Phil Donahue. 
as the head of an organization called uh, the Fight Against Idiotic Neurotic Television. So he faint. was faint, faint. So against the Phil Donahue's and the Sally Which Jesse Raphael's. Yeah, was yeah. it faint? Is a military term for what? It's like to make you think we're doing one thing. To oh, like do another thing. I thought that yeah. was feign. Faint. Is it faint? Oh. It's a faint. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So he had hired actors, like 50 of them, to stand in line and get tickets to the Donahue show that he was on. And he basically had the entire audience were in on it, were actors. Hmm. And every time they stood up to like ask a question, they would start asking a question and then they would just pass out. <laughs> and it went through like five or six different audience members would like get up, start asking a regular question of him, mm-hmm. and then they would just pass out. And then eventually the producers of Phil Donahue had to stop the show hmm. because they thought there was a gas leak and they had to like evacuate the entire building wow. in the other studios, Man, everything. Crazy. So faint. So that was wow. the the faint thing. This guy's like literally a hoax artist. He yeah. is the master of hoax. So he also went on as like the head of a cryogenics organization. So he would go on Geraldo and whoever, wherever and talk about freezing heads mm-hmm. um, of people. And then he, at the same time, he was also running a, uh, he called them euthanasia cruises. So <laughs> where people could come on wow. and like he would, you know, take them out to international waters and kill them all. Gosh. Like that was, and he was selling both at the same time. And people would like call in and they're like, sign me up. Like it was yeah, really depressing, got really sad. But as um, opposed to a cruise that goes to Thailand, that's called a youth in Asia. In Asia, there yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Oof. When Watergate was happening, yes. He, which is named after the hotel. Yep. Yeah. Forrest Gump. He posed as Deep Throat before wow. Deep Throat happened. That's bold. right. Yeah. And he gets a news that is it bold. He gets a news conference together, and he's like in shades and a hat, so you can't yeah. tell who it is. And he's like, "Here it is. Here's the tapes that you all been looking for." And he starts playing the tapes, and then it's like you hear like a little audio, and then it's just like somebody had recorded over it with like a song <laughs> and like, <laughs> and he's like. Hitting around like like what happened? Like he's freaking out about it. So there was that. He had a he he posed as Omar the beggar, and that he had a panhandling school. Huh. Like he would, yeah. He posed as this beggar, and he did the round. Like he would do the rounds on the same talk shows. Wow. Like just disguised, or yeah. he'd have people pose, yeah. and that was like a, he was like, yeah, I would just you know teach people how to like panhandle. And that totally fed into the the American welfare queen. Yeah, the welfare yeah. queen time. Like it, it was everything he did was like whatever at the time was was kind of making yeah. the rounds and really like being sensationalized. Do you know who Idi Amin is? Yeah, he was like the the dictator. I don't remember where, but he was a terrible person. Okay, um, killed a lot of people. He put it out in the media that Idi Amin was going to marry a white woman in America and he was going to become an American citizen. And president he was, of Uganda. Yes, president of Uganda. 71 to 79. Yeah, I think Forrest Whitaker played him in a movie, King yeah. of Scotland or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And he got actors and set up and had the wedding and the feds came. Like Wow. The FBI, the CIA. Yeah, because they thought Idi Amin was going to become an American citizen. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> All right. How's this guy not thrown in jail? I mean, I guess he's not breaking a crime. He's not breaking laws. He's not collecting any money. Yeah. He's not like scamming people. Yeah. He's being bankrolled for this stuff. Yeah. Andy Kaufman was obsessed with him. I, I mean, he was, he was really kind of where Andy Kaufman got yeah, the idea to, to be able to yeah, do sure. what he had to do. He pretended to be a sheik, like an Arab sheik. Yeah. And he snuck onto a pro-am, like a tennis pro-am, and he played with Penny Marshall. So, wow. like, yeah. he's also like the Borat. I was just thinking he is the Borat. He's, he's the Borat. Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely Sasha Baron Cohen. I guarantee Sasha Baron Cohen's known about oh, this yeah. guy. Yeah, every uh, yeah. I, I the fact that I'd never heard of him blew my mind. Okay, one last thing. When David Duke was running for president, do you remember oh that? My God, yeah. KKK Grand yeah. Dragon. Sure. Mm-hmm. He started advertising an event, and it was the KKK Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> oh God. Uh huh. And he sent 
He sent an invite to David Duke to be a guest conductor <laughs> for the KKK Symphony Orchestra. And David Duke accepted. <laughs> wow. David Duke wow. accepted the offer to be the guest conductor yeah. of the KKK. <laughs> how does the great how does the Grand Dragon of the KKK not know, not yeah. know that the KKK doesn't have a symphony orchestra? It's fantastic. Probably has no musical ability. Either. Yeah, How's he even going to be a conductor? No, no. Anyway, in 1980, he faked his own death. The New York Times posted his obituary. All these places posted his obituary. Wow. And then he like appeared again. Yeah. And they all had to do retractions. Eventually in 2018. What? 2018. 38 he, years later? Yeah, he was like 90-something years old. Wow. He died for real, but the New York Times, like, fact-checked it that he was actually dead. Yes. And, like, even in the article they printed about it, they were like, we are sure this time yeah, yeah. this guy is actually dead. I got to think, too, like, had he not gotten on, had he got been on a different subway car and not met that millionaire. Yeah. Guy, oh, yeah. I don't know. know. Those little chance encounters. Like, this guy was... Alan Abel. Alan Abel. A true hoaxer. Yeah. Wow. It's a great story. How did you find out about him? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it I really is like everything Andy Kaufman and Sasha right. Baron yeah. Cohen want yeah. to be. Yeah. I don't know how his name is not more famous. Yeah. And it's everything that you just see now on like, it is. Fox yeah, News. Right, it, right, right. On it's every just, news. Yeah. Like, just on sure. all the twenty-four hour newses, it's yeah. just become a circus, and he was—they just—they know the talking. He points was prophetic and they know in a way. We'll, like he get clicks and likes was. on he Twitter. He was prophetic. He saw it before everyone else, and he's like, "I can absolutely manipulate this." Yeah. He did. He exploited. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. He was a truth teller via hoaxes. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's nuts. Ah, good stuff. Guys, thanks for listening. We are going to be back with another episode. It would be episode 11 of season five, Historically Adjacent, brought to you by the Press Quantra Podcast. Sign up to be a patron and support more of these podcasts, and you get them ad-free and early as well. So we'll see you soon. 